Living Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity helps over 2 million medical professionals. We are the largest medical network that includes over 80% of physicians and over 50% of physician assistants and nurse practitioners. We don't take that responsibility lightly and committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. If you want to learn more about Doximity, check out your app store at D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. That's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Clarity Podcast, where you'll not only get the insight to help you transition your career, but we'll have raw, unfiltered conversations about equity and access in corporate America. I'm your host, Tristan Layfield of Career Clarity Solutions, formerly Layfield Resume Consulting. And today, I have the honor, the pleasure of having Miss Jasmine Fortz on the podcast. Hello, Jasmine. What is up? What is What's going up? on? What is going on let me tell the people a little bit about you so jasmine Fords currently works in hr and talent acquisition leadership and has for the past 16 plus years this wife and mother of three is also a certified career coach certified yoga teacher meditation lead and leads a support group for professionally working mothers and women called a sister siesta her journey into corporate work the corporate uh, let me start over with that one <laughs> jasmine Fords currently works in HR and talent acquisition leadership and has for the past 16 plus years. This wife and mother of three is also a certified career coach, certified yoga teacher, meditation lead, and leads a support group for professionally working mothers and women called a sister siesta. Her journey into the corporate workplace started with limited guidance and no formal work. Personally, dealing with limited spaces for advocacy and support, she began her journey to help other women close the gap on work-life harmony and professional development. So, Jasmine, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me, Tristan. Yes. Such an honor. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's an honor to have you, my friend. I know <laughs> we met years ago back on Instagram. Um, yes. And we, you know, we hit it off real well. We were supposed to do something in Atlanta and COVID hit and there's all this craziness going on. But I am so glad to have you here now. Yes, I'm glad to be here too. And it's crazy how the the world just works that way, right? Like yeah. we didn't get a chance to meet in person, but I still feel like this is still some synergy going on. And I'm just happy to see your face, man. <laughs> I'm happy to see your face too. It's been a while. Most of my yes. listeners know I took a, I took a break from social media for about two years. It was just too much for me. And I know during that time there were a lot of people who were checking on me. I didn't even know because I had taken I had taken all the apps off of my my phone. I wasn't checking in. On anything and I came back and I saw your messages and I was like oh my gosh she was wondering if I'm alive during this pandemic (laughs) truly so so I appreciate you checking in on me my friend thank you so much now I know you have a history in HR and talent acquisition tell the little bit tell the people a little bit about sort of your background what where where have you worked what have you done tell me tell me a bit about that Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little bit like you were saying in my intro, you know, I started in corporate America without like a formal network, without any real like blueprint or 
I would even say just like a mentor to to guide me through, right? Um, I am a first generation of corporate America, white collar type of work. So I was looking for a space where I could be me and um, really use some of my education as well. And HR was one of those places where I was able to thrive, meet a lot of people, but also help others with understanding job opportunities. And in town acquisition, you do get to kind of coach candidates along the way. Um, Well, I'll say if you're a recruiter, that cares, you do that, right? So (laughs) I was one of those recruiters that cared. And as my journey through recruiting and just helping, um, I would say recruitment along in HR, I moved into leadership because I wanted to have a greater impact. And I say that it, it really has helped me like shift into my calling of being really intentional about, um, allowing people to understand if this job is a great fit for their life, right? If it's a great um, move, not just for their life, but for their lifestyle. And so I just take it, I take it bigger. My friends always say I make things deeper than what they are. And truly I do. (laughs) (laughs) My career was no different, quite honestly. So yeah, I've been in town acquisition for 16 years, started as a coordinator, now moved up I'm I'm the head, I'm the global head of talent acquisition for a, a large um, tech company. And I, I enjoy what I do, quite honestly. So, yeah. She enjoys what she does and she's good at it, my friend. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, hello. <laughs> Snaps now on that one. <laughs> now, I know you've been helping the people with careers and things of that sort for a while now, right? Um, yeah. And we know we've had sort of this wacky, turbulent time with the, the pandemic and everything going on. So when you look at the job market right now, what would you say the state of the job market is right now? Oh, right now, I would say that um, candidates can literally make their offer letter and hand it to an employer and say, like, (laughs) if you want me, this is what it's going to cost you, quite honestly, you know? I mean, and I love it. I love that the job market is in this state of its it's the people's uh it's the people's market right now um of course you know being in hr you are an advocate for the the organization but just Mm -hmm. being a human i'm an advocate for for my fellow mankind like (laughs) and so a lot of times when i'm in conversations with candidates or i see you know my team of recruiters is talking about hey this candidate said xyz this is what they need inside i'm like okay like i get it you know i understand um and so all in all, the job market right now is competitive. It's it's competitive, but in a good way where folks can honestly find an employer that will match what they're asking for. And they don't they really don't have to settle um, mm-hmm. if they don't want to. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. I think we always see this sort of uh push and pull when it comes to the job market of who's gonna have the power is it the employers or is it the job seekers and we go back and forth between this all the time and right now it seems like there's a lot of power in job seekers hands um versus in the employer's hands and it 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 always shifts sometimes it 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 goes back to the employers but right now i think the job seekers do have a lot of leverage um in this job market definitely a lot of leverage yes 
So keeping that in mind, right, you said it's competitive. They have some leverage in the job market. But what tips do you have for people who are searching for jobs right now? Yeah, the biggest thing I w- the biggest thing mm-hmm. is to sit with yourself Ooh. and understand what you need in your life, right? Like yes. I'm I'm going to I'm going to get real personal for a second. So, you know, through the pandemic, I was with an employer that was awesome. Um but as we started making a shift into I don't know if we're out even out of a pandemic, right? Yeah. But I knew for me those two years of working from home, um, of being able to have just more wellness incorporated in my day meant that I was looking for an employer that would allow me to be at home 100% again, right? Like I had to sit with myself and say, okay, Jasmine, what does an employer look like for you? And then for me, I needed an employer that like not just advocated for diversity and inclusion um, and belonging, but really put money where their mouth is, right? That was a big mm-hmm. thing for me. Another thing was volunteerism. I was able to volunteer with organizations that like made me feel part of community. And I understand the privilege of being able to make a certain amount of money and to work in, in, um, in corporate, mm-hmm. you know, that, I don't have to be out with the public. I don't have to be out in certain spaces. So volunteerism was big for me. Making a certain amount of money was big for me. Um, Having certain benefits and stipends were big for me. So I wrote down this list before I even looked for a new job because I didn't want to be distracted or deterred by shiny things or, Mm -hmm. you know, things that really weren't aligned with my lifestyle now. Um, And so once I made that list after sitting with myself, I could go and be intentional as a job seeker for opportunities that elevated my lifestyle, my livelihood, and also supported me being a mother of three. Because a lot of organizations, they almost want you to forget about your life, you know, and being a mom is huge to me. I am a present. I'm a very present mother. I have a child in college and I have a one-year-old and I have a 13-year-old in between. (laughs) So it's like a, it's a full spectrum of life going on for me. So to have an employer that respects parenthood, respects, you know, women or mothers in a workplace was huge for me. So I would say to job seekers, that's the first thing. That's the first thing. The second is don't allow your emotions to dictate your process. We, we It is an emotional thing, no matter what it, anyone says. Landing a new opportunity is emotional because if you're rejected, you feel the emotion. When you're accepted, you feel the emotion. Yep, yep. And so, you know, really staying in your in the in the logic almost in the common sense and going back to that list that you sets mm-hmm. allows you to be more grounded in your decision making. Yeah. And I would say the third thing as a job seeker is to know that sometimes it's a means to an end. You know, yeah. I know that, you know, we're we're often taught in some of these environments that we're family and, you know, we want you to be here forever. But honestly, it's okay if you're not. Mm-hmm. It is okay. It's okay to use some of these things as a catalyst to your next role. It's okay to use it as a catalyst even into your own business. But I would say as long as you stay focused on you you know, the star player, understanding that this organization is just borrowing your talent. Your talent is on loan. They're paying you for it. And 
It may, it may be for five years, it may be for two, it may be for 10, but at the end of the day, you recognize that you are the one bringing the talent. It really helps you stay aligned. Look, those three tips are everything because they're, they're really in alignment with how I talk to my clients about this, right? Um, I tell yeah. them the first thing that we tend to do in a lot of coaching sessions is talk about what their ideal job description is, right? And it's not just the tasks they want to do, but it's also exactly. the characteristics and attributes and what they want to get out of their next role. So they have a good understanding of that because, you know, we, we will start to look at job descriptions and we'll be like, oh, I can do that and I can do this and I can do that. Well, we can do a lot of things, right? Yeah. But are you going to get what you want out of that position. It's incredibly important. Um, And in this whole like work-life balance thing, I I always tell people, I think work-life balance is a myth because it implies that they're, they're two separate things. And I don't think that work and life are two separate things. It, it sort of reminds me of this series I actually recently watched on Apple uh, TV plus or whatever the whatever the streaming services there's so many of them now um it's called severance and it's this like thriller where um this company basically came up with this process to sever people's brains so when they're at work they don't know their personal life and when they're at their personal life they don't know their work um and so it sort of reminds me of that it's sort of like what employers want you to do sometimes is like come here and everything outside doesn't affect you when in reality it does Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so having a company or organization that understands that you are a human, you are a whole person, things happen in your life. Right. Um, yes. I think all those things are incredibly, incredibly important when you're on that job search. So I love that. I love that a lot. 100%. Now, you are in the talent acquisition space, which means you're helping people identify, you know, the talent that they may need for certain projects or initiatives that are coming up. And one of the things that we know, um, millennials have been big in the, uh, you know, in corporate America right now, we're, we're sort of the people who are, are taking over everything, but Gen Z is coming up right behind us and they're they're starting to enter the workforce, though they're less numbers than most of the other generations right now. But they're starting to enter the workforce. and It's going to be incredibly important for companies and organizations to really uh, get that talent into their their company. So what have you seen or what do you think recruiters need to know about attracting and retaining that Gen Z talent? Hmm. Yeah, that's important. I mean, the biggest thing to me is like understanding their value system. It mm-hmm. their value system is, which I am so here for. They yes. are definitely like not with the bull. Okay, yeah. like <laughs> they are calling a thing a thing. Like I will not. You know, my life is. I'm the main character of my life. And so mm-hmm. my job is going to be a supporting uh, supporting cast and I'm here for it. And so I think they, as recruiters, we have to definitely understand with this new generation or this new pipeline coming in is that their value set is just different from the people that we work for and with right now. And we have to be more cognizant of, I think, uh, social social justice issues um being more cognizant of just being a worldwide citizen like gen mm-hmm. z is definitely in that space which i love because 
I've been in that space. Mm -hmm. And even as like an OG millennial, I feel like a lot of us had a lot of that sentiment, but we had to, in a sense, play the game, like open the door for the next to be more, you know, plugged Mm -hmm. into the things that are going on. And so um, as recruiters, we have to be, we have to be more, I think, sensitive and aware of where they sit and what's important to them and align the opportunities, but also make sure that the culture aligns with that because it's not just to get them here. You have to sustain, you have Mm -hmm. to retain the talent because they'll leave. Okay. They don't, they don't mind a two week notice, a day notice. They're like, nah, (laughs) this wasn't for me. And I've seen it. And I'm like, I mean, can we be mad? You can't really be mad. If you sell someone a bill of goods, that really isn't, what it is you know these these uh these newer these newer uh talents are just like it's okay you know i will make a youtube channel and make money there while i'm figuring it out so (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not mad at it yeah i'm not mad at it so it's so funny so i ask this question on uh every interview that i have and it's sort of been consistent across the board i think we all understand look gen z is not here to play around with y'all okay look if you tell them that that's what you're going to do they're going to hold your feet to the fire and Mm -hmm. make sure that that's what you do or they're going to leave like simply put they're not going to deal with it And and i'm i am definitely here for it and i agree with you like Millennials sort of opened the door. We started asking a lot of questions and being like, okay, a lot of this doesn't make sense to us. And we started mm-hmm. poking holes, but Gen Z just came through and they didn't they didn't open doors. They just busted them down and said, no, okay, look, <laughs> yeah. we're not doing this today. And yeah. I, I agree with you with the global citizen sort of comment too, because millennials sort of grew up in this like pre and post tech era where we sort of had that era where we weren't always tapped into what was happening all around the world and then social media came and we started to get tapped into everything and and now these professionals gen z professionals have grown up in nothing but knowing about everything that's going on in the world Mm -hmm. and so they want their companies and organizations to take a stance to make decisions around these things and for those things to be in alignment with their values so you know i can't i can't hold them up i think all of that is great right Um, and in the end i think it works out for employers because the whole point is that you want to get employees that are in alignment with you too right if you get employments that are in alignment with you you get better investment in the work you get better return no matter what that alignment is right whether you have very conservative values very liberal values whatever it is you want to attract the type of workers that are in alignment with that and so if companies embrace it i think it could be a really great thing for their teams and their productivity i agree I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we know there's tons of people that are on the job market, some people switching careers, doing all types of stuff. Uh, You've been, I'm sure you've been looking at tons of talent and interviewing talent and all that stuff. Are there any things you think recruiters need to understand about candidates that are, are searching for jobs right now? And if so, is there anything they need to adjust, do you think? Yeah, you know, to me, the biggest thing the biggest thing, and even what I tell my teams is, remember you were on the other side of that desk too. Like Ooh. we, it's it's such a power trip a lot of times that recruiters or um, people in the hiring pr- process have, right? Yeah, and yeah. 
empathy goes a long ways. Just being a human being, like taking the title off of whatever you're doing is, I would say, the biggest thing any of us could do as recruiters, hiring managers, whoever. So remember, you are on the other side of that desk too. And while we want to act like it's back to normal, none of us are normal, like after what we just experienced. And some of us are still processing. Some of us have processed and now want to move differently. Some of us are still kind of sitting like, you know, rubbing our arms, like what just happened? You know, like, I mean, it's just, it's a lot going on still. And I think we do ourselves a disservice trying to talk to candidates like we did pre COVID Mm. and trying to fit or trying to, I would say fit, trying to fit talent into places that may not necessarily be a benefit to them. Mm -hmm. If they're wanting to move into a different role and may not have, you know, the long tail of experience, understand their transferable skill, understand why they're trying to move into this role. And then if it's not a fit, tell them why. Feedback mm-hmm. is a gift. And and I try to, you know, to the teams that I always manage is it, it only it only takes you five minutes to get the feedback. If mm-hmm. you don't even if you don't call them back, send it in an email, they'll have it so they can be better in the next opportunity next opportunity or even when they do get the training they'll circle back to you and bring their talent to this organization because of the you know the time that you spent the care that you gave but also just being empathetic as a person goes a long way period so yeah i i can't agree more i once again going back to some of the other conversations i've had with some of the guest co-hosts it's that people-centered part right just realizing that that these are people you're speaking to you're interacting with some of them their livelihoods are on the line when it comes to these things right Um, right. so so realizing that and treating it as such and that feedback piece man if you're coaching your teams on that jasmine thank you as someone who is a career coach (laughs) it's i sure i'm sure you know yes companies don't like to give feedback and i understand you know it can be a potential area for lawsuits and all these things i get the risk mitigation there but um in the end i think the feedback from companies helps everyone right it helps everyone start to receive better candidates people who Mm -hmm. are better prepared for things um and it also just really helps the people who are job searching because you sometimes feel like you get in this black hole where you don't know what's going on you're applying and you're hearing back and then you're not hearing back and you're just in this feet this loop without feedback and you can't figure out anything right yep um so i think it's it's really useful um to, to provide people with that feedback so they can adjust. And, and when you make it make sense for people, people aren't dumb. They understand like, okay, that, that makes sense. Right. They're not going to fault you as a company because you, they just weren't the right fit, but un- yeah. tell them a little bit about why they weren't the right fit. Right. And if you can't, are you really making an unbiased uh, decision here is the question, right? <laughs> um, so so I appreciate that because that people-centered part, I think, especially coming out of something as grotesque as this pandemic was for a lot of us, um, I think it's incredibly important 100% across the, the full you know, recruiting cycle. So, um, okay. Okay. Look, you done gave some good insight for both the job seekers and the recruiters. I will take it. Now, 
let's move to the little career pop culture segment that I like to to bring up, right? I like to just stay relevant. I'm always reading articles about everything. Um, and so I sent over an article to you. I think it was from The Root that said, Beyonce told us not to let work break our soul. Is quiet quitting the answer, right? Um, so for those of you who don't really know about quiet quitting, it sort of took TikTok by storm and made it over to Instagram and Twitter and everything. And it's essentially, if I, the way I describe it is, it's essentially doing your job and nothing more, right? <laughs> what you were hired for and nothing more. Um, but we know as black people that cannot always work in our favor. Right? So, so this article sort of talked about, um, you know, specifically black women um, and how, you know, we've been raised black women and black men have been raised to work 10 times harder than many of their white counterparts to get, you know, half as much. And, and I always thought that was so crazy, but we've just been conditioned to simply accept that we have to work harder and not be rewarded fairly for that and so now this concept of quiet quitting comes up and i wonder like is that a concept for us right like is that something we can actually do what are you, what are your thoughts around this or around some of the things in the article yeah um <clears throat> so i mean i read the article and yeah. it's it's a very interesting take you know i never i i never thought about it specific to black women, black men, right? I just, mm -hmm. I was just thinking about it like, whoa, this is such a, an interesting concept, like the quiet quitting thing, right? Yeah, Coming out of yeah. the pandemic. But then when we were, you know, I was, as, a, as I was reading it specific to our community, I was like, hmm, is this something that we could really, we could really do? And I don't, I don't think it would benefit us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, have to be honest, things just aren't as equitable for us, right? Yeah. In a lot of spaces. And I, I think we do ourselves a disservice trying to, um, what, what we're calling quite, quite quit, right? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, and this is just because of how I manage my day, mm -hmm. is I'm, I, I use the word no a lot, you know, yeah. and I say what <laughs> I can and can't do. Yeah. And, you know, even as being a mother to, carefree black children they have never been introduced to this concept that they have to work twice as hard to get half as much because i didn't want to indoctrinate them with that yeah. i i know that the world may have a certain a certain uh i don't even know what the what the thing is a certain theme for mm -hmm. them coming into their own but i didn't want to give them those shackles i didn't want to give them that anchor. And so mm -hmm. I stopped giving myself that anchor and I had to just introduce myself into spaces where I was celebrated truly and not just being brought on board as a token or mm -hmm. being, you know, welcome in um, to say that they've matched a certain quota. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with the quiet quitting thing, I say that because I'm going back again to what I shared and understanding as a job seeker, when you're going into a space and you're bringing your talent into an organization that truly aligns with your value system, quiet quitting won't even be an option for you. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. won't even register for you because you'll be able to communicate when you actually are exhausted, when you mm -hmm. actually are tired and can't do whatever is being asked of you that day, 
Maybe you can do it next week. But today I don't have the capacity because maybe the news, you know, Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. the shooting that happened in Buffalo, New York, I was no good for like three days. Yeah. And I was in an environment where I could communicate just that. Like, listen, (laughs) I'm like the show you were talking about being severed. I am not Mm -hmm. severed from what happens in my community. Yeah. I can't show up as myself today and give, you know, direction. And I am not well. I need to take some time. And so I do believe that aligning yourself with environments that allow you to be you 100% will mitigate that quiet quitting. But if you're in an environment that doesn't allow that and you have to quiet quit, whoo! That's something else. Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a different story. Because <laughs> both exist. I know both exist, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's like, I, you know, those those environments do exist. And man, I just, my, my, I'm, I'm empathetic. My heart goes out to folks that, that are in toxic environments, right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that only feel like the only answer is to quiet quit. And if that is your answer... While you're quiet quitting, I hope that you're being proactive and looking for other opportunities in the interim. I I hope that you're saving your money and you have a FU savings account. So when you do say FU, you know, whoever the employer (laughs) is, you're able to sustain yourself while you're, you know, moving on to other things. But the biggest thing I think that as a community, as a black community that we have to recognize is that we have the freedom to to decision. You either decide to stay someplace and then that's that's what you're deciding mm-hmm. or you decide to move. And I say anytime you sit somewhere long enough, the shit stops stinking. If the Ooh. shit stinks, it's time to move. It's Don't keep sitting move. there. <laughs> Don't get a, don't get accustomed to the smell. You yes. need to go elsewhere, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I told I totally feel that. You know, we know they that corporate America has already built this concept of going above and beyond already for all workers. Um and honestly, I think that's a way to really exploit high performers' desire to advance their career, right? Um, oh, you're gonna be willing to do all of these things for us and us not have to pay you for those things. Um and that I think is something that we see very often with black employees as well um, and, and, and a little bit more intense for black employees. Um, and so, you know, the quiet quitting thing, I think, um, I don't think we always have the luxury of that because, you know, we're held to a standard in corporate America where if we start to do that, it's very likely that we're going to be managed out of an organization. We're going to lose our job. Um, and is that fair? No, by all means, right? Um, I don't think it's fair that some of our white counterparts can quiet quit and be completely fine and we do it and we might be managed out of our roles. But it's the reality of the situation, right? Um, so for me, I don't know if quiet quitting is the thing and i don't even actually like the term quiet quitting i think it's stupid because you're not actually quitting you're just literally (laughs) doing your job i'm like okay um i think just doing your job is okay using no like jasmine has said is okay i think setting boundaries around around what you're willing to do not willing to do can do cannot do is incredibly important and i think the reason that many people are quiet quitting is number one they haven't figured out how to set boundaries for themselves in the corporate space 
boundaries. And number two, many people who do know how to set boundaries are scared to do so. Uh, right. Um, and I understand that too. We have a lot of, like you said, toxic workplaces, retaliatory bosses and leadership. Um, but you got to start preparing yourself that F you plan, like you said, that F you bank account, all that stuff, make sure you just sort of set yourself up so you can make the best decisions for yourself. But when it comes to quiet quitting, I don't, I don't know if it's something that we can fully do. Um, or I could even talk to people about doing in good conscience because I just know how corporate America works for us. And I think it's going to be more of a detriment than it is going to be a help for your mental situation because it, yeah. it eventually is going to drive you into a situation where your leadership is going to probably make your mental situation worse at that yeah. point. Yeah. Right. And I would say too, though, Tristan, that the other thing is that we always, it seems like we forget our power in this situ, in these situations. Like mm -hmm. communication is key. A lot of times when I'm speaking to some of not even my counterparts, but like in environments where I am more likely the career coach or I'm mm -hmm. talking with other folks about this, I'm like, well, did you tell your manager this? Did you even just write the email? And it's like, no. And, you know, it's, it stirs up emotion. They get emotional. Yeah. They get mad. Yeah. They, and I understand that. But there is no strategy in emotion. There is no real thought process in emotion. And so we have to take our emotion out of it and use, use the resources. I always, I'm an advocate for FMLA. If yeah. you feel like you're exhausted and you feel like you, like you have to, quote, quiet quit, a lot of times... You can use your resources with your your um, primary care provider or your therapist, if you go to one, to get the right documentation to take FMLA. You could take a break. You could take up to 12 weeks to just figure it out. Some organizations, if you have elected short-term disability, you can get paid you know, a percentage of your, your pay while you're out and get your mind right. Just clear it. Just figure it out for yourself, but just to just quit, just to, yeah. you know, get emotional and disservice yourself and your reputation and all of that that you work so hard for when we do have resources right now, yeah. I just feel like we could empower ourselves way more than we do. And I'm, I yeah. just don't want us to feel victim to the circumstance as much. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. Like, first off, if you don't communicate it, you don't really know what they're going to be able to do for you. You, exactly. Your boss actually might be more sympathetic than you think they will be. Um, there's a possibility, right? But it's an anxiety response, right? We, we don't know, so we start building all of these scenarios in our head, and we always go to the negative scenarios and everything. And I know yeah. previous behavior sort of tells us how future behavior will go. So if you think your boss yeah. is going to react that way, I understand. You probably have things yes. that validate that, but you still need to communicate where you you are and sort of see where that process leads and then i really love that idea well not idea that that tip of utilizing the resources I, I think a lot of us in corporate spaces don't realize that those things are there and we can utilize them and fmla then protects you right they can't let you go while, while you're on that it, it's illegal right? so, yeah, exactly. so so you exactly. know you can take that time get your mind right and get back in the game so that's that is it. a great 
great, great. I've done it twice. It comes to those Look, hey, yeah. I have friends who've done it 100%. And actually, one of my friends, that FMLA led into them actually starting their own business or having more time in their own business, which then led to them actually just being able to quit their job and do what they wanted to do full time, right? It, it provided them that much time and space to get the clarity that they needed um, to, to go out on their own venture. I've had people who've gone on FMLA and have found other jobs that are in better alignment with where they are, right? Utilize that time to job search. So FMLA is a great resource to utilize. Um, and I think people think it's harder. And I'm not saying, you know, just always take FMLA. And, but I really think that people think it's hard, a harder process than it is um, oftentimes. And that's why people don't don't actually take us up on it uh, inside of corporate America. So, yep. whew, okay, my friend, mm-hmm. we done, we done, we done run the gamut here. We done talked about a whole bunch of stuff. You gave some really great tips, some really great insight and advice. I really, really appreciate you coming and talking to us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you. Yes. No problem. No problem. So tell the people where they can find you on these internet streets. Oh, yes. So you can find me on Instagram at signed well-rested jazz. That's my um, handle on Facebook as well. And It has links to my website, A Sister Siesta, and I talk about FMLA. I talk about resting. I talk about all of that. Um, But, yeah, that's where you can find me. Look, go follow her, go connect with her, get that, get well rested. Okay. You heard it. Career coach, meditation coach, <laughs> yoga. She she got all the wellness ready to go for you. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so make sure you go and follow her and interact. And we'll make sure to put her information in the show notes. So thank you once again, Jasmine. I appreciate you coming on. And everybody, until next time. When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. That's why Textio brings the world's most advanced language insights into your hiring and employer brand content. Our industry-leading approach to artificial intelligence and machine learning provides the tools needed to find more diverse candidates. In short, Textio builds more equitable workspaces, guiding businesses and writing more inclusive job posts. And we're building on that success by bringing even more products to the market for all people who share our belief that language matters. Words have power. And at Textio, we harness that power to increase the access and availability of value-driven work for everyone.